Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Thank you for joining another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today has authored or co-authored six books, including his latest book, Kern Chronicles, Volume 1, The Fabulous Wrestling Life of Steve Kern and is a contributor to several publications as well. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Ian Douglas. Ian, thanks for coming on. Brian, thanks so much for having me. I, I don't know what I did that warranted an invite, but I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, let me tell you, I've read a couple of your books that you've co-authored with uh, Dan Severn, and I'm going to get the one with Steve, uh, Bugsy, and or B. Brian Blair. You've done mm-hmm. that one with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just your 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 contributions and stuff. I mean, I can. I was just really impressed. This, Brian Blair's book is a great book. Well, thank uh, you. It has a lot of fascinating facts uh, and, and life stories of his. And I'm sure. Doing these books sometimes probably can be a little bit challenging because they've really got to kind of sit back and remember things, and and uh, or you have to dig it up somehow. And and so let's just kind of jump into that a little bit. What's that process like when you're doing a book on a wrestler? Really, is it quite challenging more than some of the other things you've done, or what's that like for you? It can be challenging at times. The way to make it as the the way to make it as simple as possible as possible and to eliminate some of the challenge is just to take a very patient approach to it that you mm-hmm. don't need to you're you're certainly not going to get it done in one interview session you're not going to right. get it done in six interview sessions and it's it's you know, tell yourself that we're going to speak every Tuesday for 6 months for one hour and we're going to have a good time and we're going to talk through all of these memories and then we'll put a draft together. We'll see what it looks like and uh, we'll see if, if any of that information, once you see it on the printed page, if it draw, if it, if it 
uh, dredges up any further memories that you want to to have in there. And so really it's just a matter of not forcing the issue, giving everything room to breathe and just making sure that by the time the finished product is out, it is what everyone envisioned it would be and it contains every element that you wanted it to contain. Yeah. Hey. Now I'm sure you have interviewed probably some of his family members or their family members. Um if they want to talk about it, uh, is that a little more, I don't know, I want to say difficult, but challenging or are they more willing sometimes or not? Or what's that kind of like? Well, it, 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 it can depend. Um, so you, you, you occasionally are dealing with wives who, uh, quite frankly, aren't thrilled at what their husbands did in the business, uh, whether they were married to the wrestler at the time or they simply, or they married the wrestler after the fact and don't want them yeah. getting into every dalliance they had on the road because it's not what they want their children and grandchildren reading about and it's not what you want your husband to be immortalized for. Yeah. And, and I, Absolutely understand that perspective. So yeah, there, there can be some challenges there. And yeah. I mean, frankly, um, it, if anything, I lean more toward the side of asking them now, are you sure you want to leave this in here? You know, 30, 30 years from now, is this what you want to be remembered for? I'm, yeah, I'm in favor of pruning as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I could see that definitely. So. All right, Ian, we're going to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about, if we could, your childhood. You grew up in Michigan. I did. Let's talk about your childhood growing up, and uh, what was that like for you and your schooling? Oh, wow. Um, I, had a very, I had a very normal uh, suburban Metro Detroit childhood, uh, born, in, born in Southfield, Michigan, but my earliest years were spent in uh, or on on Piedmont, so uh, five mile road and Southfield Freeway, more or less in Detroit. Moved to Southfield. Uh, I'm a proud product of the Southfield public school system, and uh, yeah, then went to the University of Michigan. But as far as as far as wrestling is concerned, it was uh, when I was seven years old that. WrestleMania three came to the Detroit area. That was a big, big deal. Just ahead of that, um, just ahead of WrestleMania three, I started watching wrestling on television for the first time. I saw Matt Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, he was a heel. I did not care. I thought he was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my young life. And I was a, uh, diehard supporter of the Macho Madness for the uh, entire run of his career. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. That, so, that, wow. so, it, so if I was going to say what turned me into a wrestling fan, if I was going to encapsulate it down to one name, it would be Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. WrestleMania III, Pontiac Silverdome, yeah. Mm -hmm. That had the indoor tennis record for a long – I don't know if it still does or not, but I know – it held it for a long time. Well, and depending on who you ask, uh, there are those who say there were technically only 78,000 uh, paid in attendance. So I don't 
So honestly, I don't know how legitimate the attendance record was or when it was officially broken if it was in fact 78,000. So yeah. who knows? But it was certainly a huge crowd. <laughs> we could agree on it that. It was a full house. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talk about coming a pro wrestling fan. Now, as you got into college, uh, so we're talking probably late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, late 90s. So Monday Night Wars, were you a fan of that? Were you a watcher? I was. um, I was one, I was like everyone else switching channels between WWE or WWF and WCW uh, back and forth. But uh, pre Monday Night Wars, I, I can't omit the fact that when I was 10 years old, I visited my uncles in the Bahamas, stayed with them for a week. And my uncle said, I'm taking, he knew I was, my uncle David knew I was a wrestling fan. He said, I'm taking you to go see wrestling. And I said, that's fantastic. The only wrestling I was aware of in existence was uh, WWF. And when I'd been flipping through cable, occasionally I'd spy uh, like Jim Crockett promotions, WCW. Um, But he said, I'm taking you to go, I'm taking you to go see Dusty Rhodes. And I honestly had no clue who Dusty Rhodes was. Wow. Um, Embarrassed to say, I did not know who Dusty Rhodes was. And so um, he took me to Nassau Stadium, which is in, it is a, it is a restaurant with a courtyard where, (laughs) like the, where all of the boxing was done in, uh, I mean, it's the most prominent boxing venue in the Bahamas at the time. Um, they did basketball there. They did roller skating. They did a whole bunch of other stuff. But there was a wrestling ring set up in the back, and I got to see, I got to see Steve Kern, and I got to see Mike Graham, and I got to see Scott Hall. I got to see Scott Levy uh, wrestling wow. as Scotty Flamingo, who would later be Raven, and I got to see the Nasty Boys against the Terminator and Johnny Ace, uh, who we all, of course, know as John Laurinaitis. And I got to see Dusty Rhodes uh, wrestle Big Steel Man, a.k.a. U.S. Steel, a.k.a. Tugboat, a.k.a. Typhoon, in <laughs> Fred Outman in, in the main event. So that was – that was uh, it made quite the impression on me in my young life. And I always wanted to know more about wrestling in the Bahamas. So that would yeah. be, that's, that's a thread we'll probably need to follow later on. All right. Let's talk about, Ian, if we could, your writing. So, you know, we'll talk about the books here in a few minutes. But I want to ask you, what got you interested in writing? Because, like I said, I've read your stuff. You're you're very good, and I know you don't give yourself enough credit because we talked before this. But what got you interested in, in, in writing? I think because, well, first of all, because I was no – it's not that I wasn't good at math and science. It's that, I mean, I, I had the AP courses in, not in, not in math. I was on the AP track in, in science, but I just didn't have the, I just didn't have the interest in the drive. And I just generally thought that I showed more promise in, um, you know, AP English lit, so, um, those sorts of classes. And also I recognized uh, I recognized in college that 
you know, studying for the exams, like, yeah, that was all well and good, but I really got excited about doing the research for the, the, the papers that were the writing requirement of the course, no matter what the course was. Um, I, I always liked the idea of, okay, this is a puzzle. How can I piece this together most effectively and make it as entertaining as possible? You know, even if it's just, uh, even if it's just a, you know, four pages, uh, double spaced on, uh, something to do with the history of, uh, you know, the Korean American, the, the Korean immigrant experience. Um, you know, I wanted to make it as thorough and engaging as possible, even if it was for an audience of one. Wow. Interesting. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> so we're going to fast forward. Now, I want to mention, too, that you're, you were an athlete, a swimmer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, from what I read, uh, you're – uh, excellent, quite a, at least a very good swimmer. I was okay. And, uh, yeah. Well, okay. My, my give yourself better. enough credit, like I said. But also, while after you were in college, uh, you worked for a, uh, a congressman in the House, in the Michigan House of Representatives. I did. Uh, Andy uh, Dillon. Andy what Dillon. was that experience? How, what was that experience like for you? Um, that was, uh, that experience was uh, valuable for several reasons. Um, one of them was one of the reasons was because I was asked to write a lot of his materials, whether it was his speech for um, inauguration or if he had or, or if he needed to contribute something to state of the state or if he needed to contribute something for his uh, lit drops that were going to everyone in his district, or if he needed to contribute a special uh, letter for a program, for an event. Like, and I, I got to play around with a lot of those materials and, and make those entertaining in some cases, always with his, always with his sign off and his approval. But, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I I got a lot of experience writing, essentially ghost writing for someone, um, and and ghost writing for someone, but also figuring out a way to convey their voice and their message through several different forms of of communication. Um, and the other thing, and the other thing I learned in that experience, um, Andy Dillon, uh, people have their opinion. People in Michigan certainly have varying opinions on him. Um, I was sitting next to him in the car almost every day and uh -huh. he was a genius and he knew his stuff back and backwards and forwards. And, um, you know, it, it taught me the value. It, it taught me that there's no substitute for actually knowing what you're talking about. Um, yeah. you know, it, it is a talent to be able to wing it sometimes and give it that appearance. But when you're, when you're face to face with someone who actually knows the real deal, um, and it's a debate format, you're going to get absolutely slaughtered. So it's better to do your homework and come prepared. Uh, that's, that's all. <laughs> Was that challenging for you to, to convey his thoughts? I mean, was there a lot of pressure on that, or was it at first, and then you kind of like, okay, this isn't that bad as I thought? I, not, 
Like not really, because mm-hmm. um, just to give you an example of someone of, of someone knowing their stuff backwards and forwards, like I might get a standard set of talk in in some cases. So let's say, for instance, he had a speech um, that he needed that he needed to make, and it was in front of a very specific audience. Maybe it was maybe it was auto workers, and so I would get a standard set of talking points from the main office, and I might. Uh, dress them up in ways that fit opinions that I knew that he uh, opinions that I knew he had and statements that I've heard him make both publicly and in private. And mm-hmm. there were there were cases, and I'd say seventy percent of the time, maybe more, where we'd be headed somewhere. I'd hand him the talking points. He'd look them over. He would. He'd, he'd look them over, he'd smile, he'd chuckle, he'd say, yeah, these are great. Then he'd get up in front of the audience and all, completely off the cuff, having nothing to do with anything I'd written, um, and it would be it would be vastly superior because whatever he said to me in private um, was backed by this reservoir of knowledge that was a whole lot deeper and he could delve into that to speak to this audience and he didn't need what I'd prepared. And you know, that was, that was fine. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Hey, at least you were the, like the backup, I guess. Right. If he needed something. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I suppose like if nothing else, I learned from it. I and mean, these are cases where, um, First of, first of all, you have the job, so you're getting paid. So you mm-hmm. might as well take the opportunity to write. And so uh, you're getting paid to learn, and you're being paid to polish and develop your skills. Yeah. So, you know, it sure beats the classroom setting where you're having to pay to acquire <laughs> the dollars. Here I'm getting paid yeah. to learn. So it's a lot, you go. a lot Yeah, a lot less expensive that way. There you go. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Okay, after college, you had some uh, numerous jobs, a reporter. Uh, let's talk, let's fast forward a little bit to when you wrote, helped write Dan Severn's yeah. book. What was that? Yeah, there it is. The realest guy in the room. Let's talk about that. What, Ian, I mean, to me, if I was my first one and writing about a man of his stature and working with him, one, I'd be a nervous wreck. Two, <laughs> two is like, I would be thinking, how do, what am I, how am I going to formulate all this? 
what was that experience like for you in working with 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 band the B7? Well, first of all, um, I may have been nervous in the beginning, but Dan is so laid back, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I quickly learned that by no means was Dad, Dan ever going to, you know, suplex me to the ground and choke me. If I, uh, Not that I was going to test that or do anything out of the line, but Dan was, Dan was such an easygoing guy, um, and he he leaned on me and he trusted me a great deal. Um, and if I asked him about certain things or pressed him on certain things or challenged him on certain things, he was fine with it. Um, there was a match he had, like just as an example, there was a match he had with Tarzan Goto. Um, I think it was I think it was for it, it might have been. A, a, in the middle of the King of the Deathmatch tournament, um, the infamous King of the Deathmatch tournament that Cactus Jack and McFoley were involved in, I think there was an NWA title match inserted on their card somewhere. Um, and Dan wrestled Tarzan Goto. And like from Dan's perspective, it, where he's down on the floor and he starts throwing chairs into the ring, um, he says, yeah, I... I took a chair and I threw it so hard that it flew clear over the ring. Um, and I, okay, from his perspective on the floor, not being able to see the other side, it probably looked that way. But I went and watched the match and I saw that it bounced in the ring and bounced like over to the other, like kind of bounced in and out. And I wrote in there, like it bounced in and out. And he said, Hey, I threw it over the ring. I said, Dan, I went and watched it. It bounces in and goes out. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I hadn't, I either hadn't watched, he either hadn't watched it or hadn't seen it in a long, long time. But the way he yeah. remembered it, it went clean over. So, yeah, he was, he was fine with things like that. Wow. So, uh, good experience. Uh, Bugsy, McGraw, kind of the same. That Bugsy, Bugsy was the best. Um, and Bugsy, that's the that's the book that really taught me how to write a book, okay. and I know that that's because like, honestly, Hornswoggles I was working on much earlier than Bugsy's, but the Bugsy experience is the one that really taught me how to book together. Taught me how to put a book together. That's one where mm-hmm. Kenny Casanova called me up and said, "Bugsy wants to do a book. I've got." Uh, Vader, Sabu, and like three other people I'm working on, I can't do it. Yeah. Can't, can you do it? And I said, well, he wrestled in Detroit. He wrestled in Florida. He wrestled in the Bahamas. I want to know more about all of those things. So, yes, I would love to. Um, got that arranged, and we just decided we were going to talk. I, I think I, I mentioned this to you before. We I, I mentioned this to you uh, hyperbolically before we started recording, but – yeah, I believe we literally spoke every Tuesday for six months for about an hour and wow. and started logging away all of these interviews. And yeah. and, and we, we started this with no no one made any promises about when the book was going to be released. And when it's when it's complete and it's done and everyone's satisfied with it, then then we'll put it out. But in the meantime, Kenny was the one who told me that there was nothing that a publisher could do for me, like aside from uh, mass market distribution um, and, a, and a few and some promotional stuff, that there wasn't anything a publisher could do for me that I couldn't learn to do for myself, including 
selecting the photos, editing the photos, doing the layout of the photos, doing the layout of the entire book, um, acquiring the, you know, getting the barcode, doing the layout of the cover such that it is, lining up the reviewers to contribute cover quotes, and, and all of those sorts of things. So that was sort of a challenge Kenny laid out that pushed me and uh-huh. taught me, like, yes, you can take ownership of every component of this thing. And now you don't have to lean on anyone else. You don't have to submit a man. You don't have to submit a 400 page manuscript to a publisher that's going to take another year and a half to edit it. Um, to 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 edit it, to take things out that aren't to their liking, to chop it from 400 pages down to 300 pages, so that it it's no longer the product you originally envisioned, and yeah. now you feel like you've lost another year and a half of your life waiting for this thing to come out. Whereas if you had total control, you could have put it out a week after you were happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how you're, uh, there's a lot more uh, abilities and ways to to publish. And you have your own uh, publishing firm, if I put Darkstream. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's just me. But I mean, it, I mean, it, but it, but you, you've you've done it, so you, yeah. you understand oh, yeah. the process. I mean, you don't need a. You, you're not really in need of a big publishing company to push out your book that you want to write if you have your own little thing and you're able to do it yourself. That's the beauty of, I guess, technology now. You're able to do that on your own versus paying a publishing firm or whatever X amount of dollars for every book they sell for you. Oh, and, uh, it, and it's the difference between being able to take home a dollar fifty per copy and take home $9 per, co- per copy. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's that's uh that's amazing that people are able to do that now. Mm-hmm. So articles you've written, you've written some articles lately. Uh, one just came out, if I remember right, um, that you wrote. Uh, well, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. The latest one you just published. Uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the, the, the making of Bray Wyatt. Yes, the making of Bray Wyatt. Yes, I'm sorry, apologies. I've got other things going through my head. Hey man, I didn't, have... I didn't get to write the title for it myself, so I had to think about it. <laughs> Researching that article, you know, the man was only 36 years old, okay. uh, had a young family. Uh, part of a really a wrestling family, both on the Wyndham side, obviously in Rotunda. His name is Wyndham Rotunda in real life. How was it, Ian, writing that article for you as a fan, well, having to write that kind of article? So, so here's the uncomfortable backstory to that article. The uncomfortable backstory is I am friends with Mike Rotunda. And when I was in Tampa finishing up uh, Steve Kern's book, I spent a couple nights at Steve's house. Like, and 
as I say this, I'm recognizing how privileged I am. Um, well, let, let, let me take you, let me take you through my weekend, Brian. Um, sure, I, I, I got to Tampa. Um, I spent, I spent two nights at Steve Kern's house going through all of his photos, um, deciding what we wanted the cover to look like, scanning the photos, um, deciding what should go into the book, deciding on some final edits for his book. Um, he drove me over to Brian's, to Brian Blair's house on the second night. Uh, and Brian Blair and his wife, Tony, took me out to dinner and dropped me back off at Steve Kern's house. Um, where I stayed in an awesome guest room with alligator stuff everywhere. It's just, <laughs> um, and then, and then in the morning, uh, woke up, Steve Kern, Steve drove me to Brooksville and dropped me off at Mike Rotunda's house. And I, and I hung out with Mike. And while I was there, uh, he, he drove me around Brooksville. He drove me past Bray's house. Bray was out of town. Um, mm-hmm. drove me past Bray's house, uh, saw the, saw the lovely cars in his driveway. Uh, Mike was in awe of his son's possessions, quite frankly. Um, then went, went back to Mike's house. I was typing up a ringer article. It was, we were putting the final touches on the Bahamas article that I wrote for the ringer. And then Stephanie, uh, Mike's wife, blackjack, Barry's sister, Sister. uh, blackjack Mulligan's daughter came home and I said, Hey, it would be fantastic if we could get, if we could get you two on the record and put an article out about how you guys got together. And, um, the significance of the Wyndham Rotunda clan. And like right before that, Barry came over and I interviewed Barry for this as well. So I spent an, the next hour and a half like sitting at the kitchen table with a recorder and Stephanie and Mike and we're all laughing. They're telling me the, the history of their whirlwind romance, whirlwind romance. It was wonderful. Um, the next week I called up Micah, Mike's daughter, Mike and Stephanie's daughter, and said, hey, if you want to come in on this article, if you could interview uh, Wyndham and Taylor, um, we could do the entire Rotunda clan, and we could also include like what it meant to them to have Mike as a father and Blackjack as a grandfather and Barry as an uncle and um, how that set them along on the path to becoming pro wrestlers and what they envisioned for their future. That article was written and ready to go in March. Um, it was about 4,000 words long. And then Wyndham Bray um, was out of WrestleMania for a reason that went undisclosed. They told me I was not allowed to say anything. Um, and it was sitting there until Bray made his return, which... Um, never fully came to fruition, and unfortunately, we all know what happened. Um, and then uh, Brian, uh, David Shoemaker said, hey, uh, we need a special tribute to Bray. We need it as soon as possible. And I said, well, we've got the history of the Wyndham Rotunda clan in their own words sitting there. So to make a long story short, that is the piece that got condensed and cannibalized to create the making of Bray Wyatt. Um, okay. 
Yeah, and then there, there were, so there were four editors in the document at the same time saying, yeah, let's yeah. move this here, add this here, and there we go. So that's yeah. how that piece came to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wow. Let me ask you this. Have you ever considered working for a uh, a magazine? I mean, um, like Inside the Ropes or a uh, another, maybe a, a big company that publishes articles. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever heard of Craig Peters. He was PWI guy for quite a few years. Have you heard of him? Um, if I have, um, if I have, the references escaping me at the moment. Okay. Well, he worked at PWI. He worked with Bill After and, and mm-hmm. other folks there, Stu Sachs. They would have to write like three articles a day back then yeah. for these all these magazines they had. And I just – it seems like you're pretty – really good, excuse me, at, at writing and, and coming with up with thoughts in your mind uh, to put on paper. Have you ever considered maybe doing your own thing? Like <laughs> having a, having your own, you know, magazine, maybe a bi-monthly, I don't know, something like that. I mean, you seem like the type of guy that would, would probably do really well at that. Have you ever thought of it? Um, I haven't thought of it. I don't know that I have the confidence to go it alone like that. If I'm being, if I'm being quite honest. Well, I mean, you have contributing writers, but like guys that, or not guys, people that, whatever topic, like wrestling. So you have four or five other writers, and I know now it's like the big, you know, impact. It's either WWE. AW or, or you know impact now mm-hmm. but maybe something like I don't know uh the independents you know the independents are coming back strong I think mm-hmm. uh I have one here I live in Missouri uh Springfield area southwest Missouri and there's a promotion out of uh Harrison Arkansas they come up here every couple months it's called Midwest States Wrestling and they put on a fantastic card Always sold out. Now it's not no big venue like ten thousand people. It's probably about uh, six, seven hundred. But I mean that's a lot for an indie show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just—I don't know. I just thought maybe someday you might consider something like that. And, I don't know, uh, Brian. That—that that is a question that is better asked of me when there isn't a six-month-old in the next room. 
because uh, yes. it, 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 it becomes difficult to conceive of, of having that amount of time ever again. Uh, so I know that that may be on the horizon, uh, and, and by that on the horizon, I mean having having some free time maybe on the horizon in the future, but it feels yeah. too distant right now for me to think about. Well, I'll tell you what, they grow up fast. I mean, my oldest is uh, 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And my youngest is 26, and I have four. Yeah, uh, a girl and three boys, and oh, before boy. you know it, they're yeah. So, congratulations though on your, Thank on your you. newborn. Thank you. All right, just a couple more questions so you can get back to your <laughs> what? Okay, so what are you working on now? Is there any projects in the in the scoop that we can that you can Tell us a little bit about. Oh, sure. Well, the one that is the the project that is. I mean, I I don't know that I'm blowing anybody's minds by by offering up that a that Steve Kern Volume Two is ah. is is in the works. I mean, if I'm okay. being and I'll I'll be I'll be completely honest. We had. We had 90% of the material for Steve for Kern Chronicles two done before Kern Chronicles one was even printed up. The issue was uh, we we needed to lay out the entire arc of his wrestling career from yeah. from growing up in Tampa to um, departure from WWE as a trainer. We needed to lay all of that out and determine length of it to the figure to figure out where the where the right point was to yeah. separate the two into two distinct volumes. So, yeah. um, given given a month or two of refinement, um, I can I can have that done and hopefully ready for release sometime in the spring of next year. Well, that'll be I. I am I am going to get volume one. I am going to get it. It looks I've read some reviews on it already, and of course, you know all your books, in my opinion, are are great. Well, thank uh, you. Uh, no, I, and I'm not just saying that because you're on here. I, I think very highly of you. I'm I you know we reached out, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you were able to come on here and and talk about it. It's it's. It's such a great to have a different variety other than a wrestler, a promoter. Yeah. It's great to have an author on here that wasn't in the business per se, but does the biographies or helps with the biographies or autobiographies of those wrestlers. And it's just, it's great. I'm glad to have you on here. And uh, so, Thanks folks. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. One more time, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Ian Douglas, show him some love because he's got a six-month-old. Go out and you know get on that keyboard or your computer, order some of his books. The newest one with Steve Kern. Uh, it looks great. I'm going to order one. Uh, get it. And uh, any parting words, my friend? Uh, yeah. If you if you really want to support the father of the six-month-old, the thing with my books is. One hundred percent of the money from all of them goes to the wrestler whose name is on the cover. So the only way I'm going to get any money from any book is if you buy Bahamian Rhapsody, the unofficial history ah. 
unofficial territory. Uh, buy that one. Yeah, that's that's okay. the one that will uh, that will put some beer money in the new dad's pocket. <laughs> all right. Well, I will have the description and the links to all of Ian's books down in the description. And uh, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ian Douglas, thank you for coming on tonight, sir. Really appreciate it. Brian, thank you so much. I had a blast. All right, folks, if you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stroh Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year. From the VOC Nation family, to all of you, please continue to pray for Stroh Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash the worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests. Like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my 
Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Here's Bill Aptor, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. 